is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, you've got questions. We've got a lot of answers, whether it's just regular redraft stuff or dynasty questions. It's a mailbag, a Thursday night mailbag that you might be hearing on Friday. So happy Friday to everybody. I'm Adam Azer with Ben Gretsch. What's up, Ben? I'm excited to be here. That I'm not convinced. Heath <laughs> said you were coming in it's, hot today. What do you got? Oh uh, well, I'll, we'll get to the news and notes, and that's when uh, we'll have the discussion. Uh oh, is it going to be about Miles Sanders? It's not going to be about Miles Sanders. I didn't <laughs> even know Miles Sanders was in the notes. Oh yes, I did because Devonte Freeman. I think Devonte Freeman's going somewhere else. Okay, okay, good. Uh, Dave, Richard, hey, I'd be mortified if i had to hear the talk from heath the talk i had to give the talk just a week and a half ago to my nine-year-old son um it was puberty time at his school and they his teacher sent me a message and said i'm assigning the dads to teach this to their sons the teachers are not teaching this this year please teach your son about puberty they, they actually called it puberty time yeah well i did <laughs> Heath, I have a nine-year-old daughter, and I've been, you know, I'm a dad of a daughter, and I'm, I'm hoping she'll stay young. But you're telling me you had to give the talk to a nine-year-old, and that scares the crap out of me. Just let yeah, your wife just, do it, Ben. No, we just, we just talked about erections and oh. <laughs> pubic, <laughs> yeah, pubic hair and things like that. Well, this is a fantasy show. Should we, should we call them regressions, like positive <laughs> oh. regressions? <laughs> Okay, listen, we never brought up Deontay Johnson when we talked about your two wide receivers. We got a lot of pushback for that. So we're definitely going to speaking of regression, talk mm. about Deontay Johnson. Somebody's got a regression for Deontay Johnson, apparently. Um, and we're going to read your emails at fantasyfootballcbsi.com. And we're going to read your Apple podcast questions as well. Let's start with our news and notes. And the first one is about Deontay Johnson. He said he played through a sports hernia, uh, played with a sports hernia injury for most of the season. Week two, he got hurt. And he had a really nice rookie year, uh, especially on a team that was so bad throwing the football. G- uh, Johnson had 680 yards, five touchdowns on 92 targets. I don't oh, know. Okay. Okay. We're just going to do it now. <laughs> okay. I don't. I, I, at the beginning of the year, I was more optimistic about Deontay Johnson than I currently am. But this has been Deontay Johnson hype week on Twitter. Everyone's excited about it. I saw some stuff when the sports hernia deal came out. He was that good with a sports hernia? He was that good? James Washington averaged more yards per game, per reception, and per target than Deontay Johnson. Of course, Juju Smith-Schuster did as well. I don't get it. This is a guy who went to Toledo for four years, had one season with more than 800 yards. In 2018, his last year at Toledo, he basically split receiving work evenly with someone named Cody Thompson and another guy named John Vea Johnson. They hmm. both had more touchdowns than Deontay Johnson did that year. He's uh, five foot 10 uh, and 180 <laughs> pounds. He's not fast. He didn't test well at the combine. His best comp on player profiler is Randall Cobb. His college breakout age was a year older than Juju was as a rookie. He's older than Juju right now. 
I like this was good stuff. All I said was he, he had a nice rookie and year. Because by the way. <laughs> last year he catches fifty nine passes for six hundred and eighty yards, and apparently, according to one site, uh, Pro Football Focus, he led receivers in broken tackles force. I think Ben told you his thoughts on that particular statistic yesterday. Um, and he also apparently created a lot of separation on his routes. Um, he's not as good as Juju in terms of like prospect status, looking at him coming out of college and he didn't do anything last year. that should really change our opinion of that. He's a worse prospect coming out of college than definitely Juju was definitely James Washington and Claypool. They're all better athletic profiles than him. I don't get it at all. He is more likely to be fourth on the Steelers and receiving this year than he is to be a top 20 wide receiver. Anyone feel that differently? Is, uh, <laughs> first of all, I just want to say that Deontay Johnson week resonates much better than puberty week. <laughs> Next thing I want to say is that I, I think what I remember watching from Deontay Johnson when he came in from Toledo, his film looked like he looked like he could change direction pretty quickly and he was willing to cross the field. And it almost made you think a little bit of Antonio Brown, but you never want to call anybody Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown was just so good, but he doesn't have the speed of AB. I think it really comes down to just how big of an opportunity the Steelers are going to give him. And last year they gave him a pretty decent opportunity. He was okay with it. I, I, if the hype gets out of control, Curtis Samuel style, then you know not to touch him. But if you can still get him in like that round 10, maybe round nine range, it, it, despite everything he said, and I think he really did a great job of breaking Deontay Johnson, not breaking down, but breaking him. I, I think that there's just not a serious amount of risk and a lot of potential, especially if he's just going to see single coverage all the time in that, in that Steelers offense. You said you never want to compare anyone to Antonio Brown. I believe the Steelers did last off season. That was something that they were talking about uh, from the, like we had some quotes from the team and, and that's the role he played and he was, he was good. Um, but I, I, I don't go as far as Heath, but I do agree that the hype's way out of control. I mean, a couple, I, I, I was trying to figure out when this was, I, time is like, uh, not a thing anymore. I don't know if it was two months ago or a couple of weeks ago. Maybe some of our listeners will remember, but there was a point not that long ago that I called Deontay Johnson undervalued in all formats on some listener question we had about, you know, undervalued guys or sleepers. I think it was on a dynasty uh, pod. That was the time to buy him. Now what's happening is everyone like the hype starts building and everyone real, like this happens sometimes in off seasons, especially when there's nothing going on. Everyone starts realizing, Oh yeah, this guy was, um, this guy was undervalued and it's almost like we missed the boat and now we're all going to say how much we love Deontay Johnson to the point where he's way overvalued. I mean, it just, they, th this type of thing happens every year where a guy jumps so many rounds and then he starts getting drafted way too high. And I, I do agree with Heath. I, I I'm optimistic about him more optimistic than Heath. Um, but I agree that the, this hype is not warranted. Like there's, there's talk about him going in round seven or round eight eventually. And you just think of some of the receivers that we've drafted in that range so far in our mocks. Two that come to mind are Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. I mean, I'd laugh. For, I'll say this now on May 28th. I'd laugh if Deontay Johnson went ahead of those guys. Would you take Deontay Johnson ahead of Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I would do that. Um, yeah, I think so too. I probably will project him for more points 
than Justin Jefferson, but I don't really see as much upside as Justin Jefferson has. Okay. It's kind of interesting. The Steelers have drafted three wide receivers in the very similar range the last three years. Deontay Johnson was the 60th, 66th overall pick. Uh, Chase Claypool most recently was the 49th pick. And James Washington, the first of the three to be drafted, uh, the the earliest, you know, 2017, I guess, was the 60th pick. Oh, 2018. Yeah, so 2018 Washington, 2019 Johnson, 2020 Chase Claypool. And uh, final question here. How, okay, do you rank Johnson or Washington higher? And as Heath mentioned, Washington had a better year. Um, he had more yards. He had fewer catches. He's more of a downfield guy. Higher, more air yards, more a dot, higher a dot. How about that for Washington? Then, yep. But who do you like better, Johnson and Washington? And how close is it? And then just finish this conversation there, Dave. Johnson way more than Washington. Okay, Ben. And I'm I'm just trying to hold back. I've got another point, but I'm holding it. Hold it back, Ben. Yeah, uh, same thing. Washington plays the same role that Claypool was drafted to play: downfield role. There's different roles in this offense. Okay. Um, Deontay Johnson is very much in the Antonio Brown role. You got to have him a lot higher, in my opinion. Heath, I I have Johnson higher than Washington. I I'm not taking either in the first eight rounds of a draft, so I'm not sure how much that can be that far apart. But yeah, I'd rather draft Johnson than Washington. Cool. Thank you. Good discussion there. Thanks to all the listeners who made sure that I did not forget about Deontay Johnson. It wasn't really an oversight because I was mostly focusing on the year two receivers that had 900 yards, which was the threshold we'd been using, and there were only three of them, Um, but but fair enough. Both Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky are going to play with the starters during the preseason. Paris Campbell will play more in the slot this season. Give me a 10-second reaction. Dave. Going to love hanging on to him in deeper PPR drafts. John Harbaugh envisions roles for Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill, and Gus Edwards. Ten-second reaction, Heath. Uh, Justice Hill is going to be a kick returner? Philadelphia has made an offer to Devontae Freeman, according to Jeff McClain of the Philadelphia Inquirer. McClain also says that the Bucs are interested. They haven't made an offer to Freeman, but they're interested. So the Eagles making an offer to Freeman. What do we think about this, guys? Ben? Uh, No strong feeling. (laughs) It, it I don't think a, Freeman's good anymore. He was really inefficient last year, and and I, I've seen some advanced st- stats this offseason that controlled for – I can't remember what it controlled for, but he was really bad, like the, the worst and by a lot. So I, I don't think he's good anymore. Is he someone who a, could replace Sanders at the goal line? No. For why? Uh, it would, I think it would be a bigger deal if he went to Tampa. Agreed. Yeah, I could I see him that. going to Tampa and just taking all of the third down work. That that it's seriously something that was even brought up by Jeff McClain that Tampa was in the mix for Freeman. Right. The biggest area that Sanders was weak at last year was short yardage goal line. And the fact that Hyde went to Seattle just makes me want to do, you know, leaps across my living room because he could have definitely swiped that role from Miles Sanders. I'm not sure Freeman can, and I don't think LaShawn McCoy can. I'm just hoping that if they sign Freeman that he doesn't become a passing downs guy and takes a lot of catches away from Sanders. How it it would be the dumbest thing in the world if the Eagles did that, where they take Miles Sanders, who's a good pass catcher. Look at how he did catching the football in the first like six or seven weeks of the season. He was insane. Why would you take him out of that role for Devontae Freeman? But also, but also not what Philly would do. 
it wouldn't impact Sanders that much because you'll recall late last year, they were using Boston Scott in a pass catching role. It's true. But Sanders was still splitting out and running some different types of routes. I don't think it would impact Sanders that much, even if like they can have multiple pass catching backs in that offense. They don't, they know well, they, they also they, didn't have they any wide use another back there. for depth. They don't need another back to mix in with Sanders and Scott. Yeah, I hope so. But it's yeah, just to give the numbers, Sanders, and no, no, I know Heath makes fun of me for this. I look at six games for Sanders. It's the six games after Jordan Howard got hurt and before Miles Sanders got hurt in week 17. Makes sense to me. He had 25 catches. Boston Scott had 19 catches. But remember, the wide receivers were really not a, a part of it. Um, they were banged up. Greg Ward was the only one that was really doing anything. So that things could change. Um, but yeah, Sanders was on pace in those six games for 251 carries and 67 catches. Which uh, you know would have been top eight in care about eighth in carries and about eighth in catches over a full season, not necessarily on a per game basis, but pretty good in terms of touches, especially for a rookie. All righty, moving on. You here. definitely say catches. It doesn't rhyme with with Gretch when you say catches. Well, it's because how it's spelled. <laughs> I feel good about that. Uh, moving on, so just some NFL notes. They will now allow three players to return from IR. The NFL will not change the onside kick rule, which they should. It's come on. And the NFL will not bring back the instant replay review, which is such a failure. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. If, if, if millions of people watching at home can tell what pass interference is, don't overcomplicate it. I think this is a major failure on their part and no reason why they shouldn't use technology to get more calls right. I'm Adam Azer. I support this message. Now, college football is getting closer and closer, so it's the perfect time to unveil off-season rankings. Throughout May, the Cover 3 podcast team has been counting down their preseason top 25 in separate episodes, and this week they're focusing on the top five. Of course, you can go back and hear all of this. Chip Patterson and company have been breaking down each team in their Hurry Up Hot Seat series under 15 minutes. Very cool series. Uh, so where will Clemson and Ohio State rank? Uh, they're bringing back the top two quarterbacks in the country. Will Alabama crack the top three after they lost Tua? Download and subscribe to the Cover 3 podcast wherever you listen to FFT. Unfortunately, I will not be able to play poker next week on Twitch, but uh, these guys will, and they're bringing in the Pick 6 crew. Will Brinson and Sean wagner McGoff are going to be joining a bunch of our guys on Twitch to, uh, next next Tuesday, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. So it's poker with the FFT crew plus Will Brinson and Sean Wagner-McGoff from Pick 6. Go to twitch.com slash FF today. Follow us. Tell your friends. Watch us play poker. It was extremely fun. I will miss it on Tuesday. I'll be back the following week. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're at 15 minutes. We're going to spend at most 15 more minutes on non-Dynasty emails. The rest of the show will be Dynasty. Here we go. This is River Martin in South Carolina. Do you think Clyde Edwards Elair will be a boom or bust player this year? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Actually, that's yep. the way I interpreted it. I, I didn't think he was I didn't know if he meant like, do you think he'll be boom or do you think he'll be bust? Or do you think he'll just be one of those boom or bust guys? I don't I, I think there's a chance for him to be a boom or a bust, not a guy that one week he's gonna have. Um, 130 yards and a touchdown in the next week on the same amount of carries, 45 yards and no touchdown. I think he's either going to be the guy in Kansas City's backfield who gets the majority of the touches and just, you know, takes advantage of what defenses give the Chiefs, or he struggles to adapt to the offense. He's in a part time role with Damian Williams and Darwin Thompson, and uh, he might give you double digit fantasy points once every four weeks. And you won't be happy about it. In these types of situations, there's a lot 
that we don't know. I think it's helpful to to kind of latch onto what you do know. We know that he's in an amazing offense. We know that they used a first round pick on him while they already had all their other backs that are currently on the roster on the roster. They they made the decision to to commit to him and they thought he was the best running back in the class because they took him first. Those things are all very good for him immediately in 2020. There's still a lot of uncertainty about how much he'll play, but there's a lot of reason to be happy about it. From Matthew. From Dave. Matthew is from Henderson, Nevada. Is it crazy to take Clyde Edwards Elair and Kenyon Drake at the one two turn? Yes. I think you can do better than that at the one two turn. You can get one of those guys and somebody who's better, a Joe Mixon, one of the top receivers that are out there. If you if you don't want to mess with tight end, you can get Kelsey there. Okay. From D, he's also from that city in Nevada by the way. Why is nobody oh, talking cool. about Christian McCaffrey's huge workload from last season? I found an article Jamie wrote in 2014. Wow. Mm. About Marshawn Lynch's about this. 400 yeah. touch season. CMC outtouched Lynch and it feels like everyone is underestimating the risk of regression through injury or otherwise. I have the number one pick in two of my most important leagues so I am concerned. Please discuss on the show. So the argument that I would give is that not all touches are created equally. And you look at Der- Derrick Henry's touches from the year the overwhelming majority of them are carries. Christian McCaffrey had 100 catches. And those catches, they usually don't ding up a running back like a carry would. So even though he had over 400, a lot of them were not the same type of touch that Derrick Henry had. And so I think you can believe that his body will heal up and, and he'll, he'll feel better and, and he'll you know go out there and keep doing what he's doing. Henry is going to say that he feels fine. He's ready to go. He told us that at the Super Bowl. He, he told us during at Radio Row, I could play another 16 games right now. I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but we've seen running backs when they have these huge carry seasons. And we just got done talking about this during the fantasy football yesterday week and the bust players. There, there is some serious regression a lot of the time, and it usually involves a foot injury. And so I, I think that's kind of what you have to look for with Derrick Henry is – could that workload come down either because of injury because of the Titans trying to reel him in a little bit, or is he just a freak of nature and he just goes out there and steamrolls everybody? I will say that in both the case of Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey, we're getting a little bit loose with the numbers and loose with historical data. We don't have very many examples of players with 400 with the number of touches that Christian McCaffrey had last season and the way they were distributed. We do have a belief and some data that says that receptions are not as dangerous to running backs as carries, but it's not like we have several 300 carry, 100 catch running backs to compare about whether they'll break down. And the Derrick Henry thing, like the 400 carry thing was always, he had 400 carries in the regular season. And now we've extended it to, he had over 400 touches in the regular season and three playoff games. So like both of these cases are not exactly along the lines of the historical data we'd normally use. And that historical data that we normally use is an extremely small sample size. And so, I just want to add oh. one more note on, on to Dave's point. McCaffrey's specific type of work doesn't require a huge workload. So even if you are concerned that they'll scale him back this year because of it, it gets back to that trap back and high value touches that we talk about, because of the fact that he gets so many receptions as a high percentage of his touches, he doesn't need 400 touches to be the number one running back. 
Christian McCaffrey outscored the number two running back in PPR by 156 fantasy points. Depends on the league, this website, whatever. The scoring is a little bit different. But on CBS in a non-decimal league, 156 fantasy points. That's ridiculous. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott had 433 touches in 2018, and he was the top four running back last year. He did have a noticeable drop-off in explosive plays, though. Uh, he went from 11 carries of 20-plus yards to only four. I have noticed over time that is a little bit of a flexible stat, but Ezekiel Elliott was just fine. Um, and uh, one other player, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell in 2017 would probably be the best comp for Christian McCaffrey. He had 321 carries, and he had 85 catches. So not quite as many catches, but more carries. And then he sat out 2018. So we have no idea what happened there. Uh, all right, next email here. By the way, thank you for that email, D. Good stuff. From Sal in the Motor City. 12-team PPR redraft league. We keep one player from the fifth round or later. We can keep them for two more years after we draft a player, and then he will go back to the draft pool. Who should I keep? Aaron Jones in the ninth round for one more year or Mark Andrews in the last round for two more years. So it's actually a little deceiving. It's... Aaron Jones this year and next year, or Mark Andrews for th- for this year and two more years, but Jones in the ninth round and Andrews in the seventeenth round. I'm keeping Andrews. It's tough to pass up Andrews because of the value and because you can keep him a little bit longer. So I'm, I, I'm Andrews. I think I think you have to go that way, Andrews for sure. The funny thing is, is that we'll all draft Jones before Andrews. This year in fantasy, well, eight round not eight rounds before. <laughs> yeah, but you know, <laughs> not eight rounds before. But what's the difference between keeping a guy in round nine and keeping a guy in round seventeen? I mean, it's either way, massive. it's a good point, it, right? Yeah. It's it's a lot different than keeping a guy in round two or keeping a guy in round nine. That's a huge difference. You're you're going to get a steal either way. I think it's just I'm nervous about Aaron Jones being a big time fantasy running back this year and next year. Yeah. I think he can probably do it this year. And if he does and he gets a new contract, then those those concerns will be gone. But if he has anywhere close to a mediocre year, uh, his 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 career trajectory can change fast. I don't see that happening with Andrews. All right, this is from Casey. He says, "Hey David, Johnny, Moira and Alexis." Shit's Creek. I don't yeah. watch that show. I sh- I need to, don't I? You do. Yeah, yeah. Can you guys rank the three receivers for the Giants? Nope, we can't. Next question. <laughs> Shepard Tate Slayton. Shepard Tate Slayton. I have. Uh, I might have Slayton highest. Let's see where I have Shepard. Yeah, it, I have. It depends Slayton. on scoring for me. What I do you have got? Slayton highest, and then um, Shepard and Tate. Slayton's highest for me in non PPR. Full PPR, I'm going to stick with Shepard. I just think he's a little safer. From no name. Dave, provide. Juan. From? Torrance, California. 12-team half PPR, keep one. Chris Godwin, third round. Devin Singletary, eighth round. James Conner, 11th round. See, now this is an example of rounds making a huge difference. And I think Godwin's probably the safest of the three. So I got one in the I, third. It, it's got the, it's got the least amount of value at least in terms of draft round, obviously. But I think God, if you're keeping Godwin for 
Yeah, if it's for one year, even it's still a good deal. I like if here's the thing: if you want Chris Godwin, you're probably going to have a chance to draft him. So I'll take Connor in the eleventh. I but in the keeper, it makes it tougher. He he might not. We don't mm-hmm. know if this is his last keeper or the only keeper. But even if it's only one keeper and there's twelve keepers off the board, that pushes Godwin up to like a mid first rounder probably. Right. Even if everybody's keeping one player and that's it, Godwin could well, still potentially be a late first round pick. And what if he has like the first pick? He's going to take Godwin. Then of course he's not. So he's not going to get it. I'm I'm keeping Godwin. This is from Bob. I think Connor in the eleventh is a fair argument too, though. Yeah. Can I keep... you see the picture of him? Yeah, he looks swole. <laughs> uh, he's not can... going to have to worry about offensive line or anything. He grew wings on his back. He's just going to fly over the defense. <laughs> All right. This is from Bob. He says, "Hey, Aaron, AJ, Jamal, and Tyler. That is Packers." 12-team standard scoring league, four keepers. There are three that seem fairly obvious to me, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, and Michael Thomas. Now, my fourth one, is it Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, George Kittle, or Cortland Sutton? Um, can we remove Aaron Jones? <laughs> not, it's non-PPR, by the way. Why not? In non-PPR, I'd rather have Jones than Cooper. Oh, so it's I'll, non, I missed I'll yeah, go Galladay, too. I'll go Galladay. Over Kittle, I'll huh? go Kittle. Yeah, I think I'm going Kittle, and it sounds like you can keep these guys for a while because you can keep four. So if you're keeping four players every year, I'm, I want Kittle on my team for a long time. But I was going to go Kittle and want to take one of the receivers over Jones, but I guess in non. I agree. And this is from Jet. Hey, Barry, Bobby, Bo, Burton, Bruce. Those, Those are baseball players. Yeah, for do sure. Do they sound like That's... baseball players? Because the first two do. It's Barry, and Barry Bobby. Bobby, and Bruce are Giants. San Francisco yeah, it's Giants. Giants, right? But who's Bo? Oh, Bruce Bochy. Yeah, I have no idea what this is. Oh, Jackson. He never played for the Giants. <laughs> I decided to join a best ball league out of boredom while in quarantine, and I didn't know the best way to prep for the draft. I know the draft is the most and really the only important part of best ball. <laughs> true, and I wanted to know certain stats or positions I should target. Um. Good luck. I guess the baseline I would tell you is you're going to want to draft two to three quarterbacks, two to three tight ends, and then the rest will be running backs and wide receivers. And the way I determine if I'm drafting two or three of the quarterbacks or tight ends is how good my first one is and what the bye week situation looks like. That's pretty good. I think that makes sense. Uh, in best ball for me, I'm. you guys know that I tend to wait at running back. I tend to go earlier at running back in best ball. Uh, wide receiver is the much higher variance position and in best ball formats you can take especially those high ADOT guys right the air yards you can take these boomer bust weekly players uh, a little bit later and and load up with more wide receivers and really still have pretty good wide receiver upside with a lot of wide receiver depth give me some names that you target in best ball those streaky guys that don't hurt you as much Will Fuller for sure, hundred um, percent. John Ross really late. I you know they Sean have a lot Jackson of late. there, but he's an option. Yeah, Sean Jackson, Jackson late for sure. He would be on my list. Okay, um, Marvin Jones or is he just? Yes, Marvin Jones. Yes, but um, I don't know if you can get him late. I think Darius you just get Slayton. him. I think you just get him like middle of the thing, maybe a little bit later than that. <laughs> Mike Williams is going late. I didn't, mean, I didn't necessarily Brown mean late. Take. I'm sorry. Will Fuller. 
Nicole yeah. Hardman, you take Josh Reynolds. Hardman's I think, a good is one. A, is a really late round guy that could be their deep threat. I'm going to do some Texan stacks in best bowl. Also, That's I th- it's it's a very I'm much more interested in stacking quarterbacks, receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends in best ball than I am in redraft. Okay. Agreed. Okay. This comes from Sully. We've got some tweets for you. Sully, as a commissioner, how do you anticipate dealing with a shortened season? Say a second wave hits hard over the winter and the NFL decides to end its season. What would you do then? End the fantasy league with no winner. Make the person with the most points the champion. What would you do? I think this is a smart thing to figure out before your season starts. And it's a, it's something commissioners should think about in the league that I commission. I would probably make it clear that if at any point the season gets shut down, um, the team with the best record would be the de facto champion with yeah. points scored as the tiebreaker. Okay. I let me read that. one more here. As long from... as it like probably with like a minimum of four games played or something, you know, but yeah, I mean, you, if they're, if you're eight games in and one guy's eight, no, and yeah, he wins. I'd probably just down. call it off. I'm calling it off. <laughs> their money back. Okay. Okay. Uh, John Ayers is our last email or tweet, and then we'll get to the dynasty stuff. John Ayers says, how are you approaching AJ Green's future? Solid wide receiver two potential for the next couple seasons, or is he about to fall off the proverbial cliff? About to. Didn't he already? <laughs> he, look, he was really good first eight games of 2018, and he's been really hurt since then. He's played one game in the last 24. When he's right, I think you still view him as one of the best talents at wide receiver in the NFL. How are you approaching him, though? I'm approaching him, like he said at the beginning of his email, that like as a number two receiver. Cool. All That's right, where I was at in the beginning of the offseason, but he, his price has skyrocketed. In our early mocks, he was like a seventh or eighth round pick, and I took him a couple times, and I'm usually on the on the youth side. Uh, but now sure, that that's he's a good like, value. he's being drafted now. Top six. Like he's perfectly healthy. Yeah. T- well, you think so? Because, like I said, when he was perfectly healthy, he was a second round pick, you know? Yeah. He's a fifth Four round pick ago. now. Right. Two years ago. <laughs> If he's perfectly healthy and you're getting him like at the four or five turn, I think you're going to be happy. That's where that's where he's been going in a lot of our drafts. Uh, all right, cool. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, Apple podcast questions, dynasty emails. We'll keep on rolling here on fantasy football today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603. For complete details, the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. 
Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. I want to thank everybody for giving us nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's really awesome. We, we very much appreciate it. What you have to do, big favor for us, is go tell your friends and help our show grow. Hook someone else on this podcast so they can be in on all the inside jokes. And the next time you go out to dinner or something with this person, you can talk about how Jerry Maguire is not a sports movie. You know, things like that. Um, also, fantasy football. We talk about that. This one comes... Oh, you know what? The first two... Apple Pod questions are about Deontay Johnson, so we'll skip those. But thank you to I could do that again if you want me. To. Jay, uh, you were fired <laughs> up. That was good. The, that thank you to JB and Kyle for those questions about Deontay Johnson. Now Jopa eighty five, keep two in a ten team keeper league, third round pick um, Miles Sanders. All right, so Miles Sanders in the third, Galladay in the fifth, DJ Moore in the sixth, James Connor in the seventh. Ben, you cannot keep DJ Moore twice. <laughs> was that and he's a, the clear first. Was that a real laugh that. or was that like I'm, a I'm, screw I will laugh. walk off this podcast. Okay, okay it's a real laugh. Good. Um, all right, DJ Moore in the sixth. I think we can all agree there, right? Yep, sure. Who else? <sighs> I think I'd go Galladay. Yeah. Okay. Galladay in the fifth over Sanders in the third. You are passing up yeah, Christian McCaffrey, basically, in the Maybe third. Maybe it's Sanders. At JK, by the way. It's full PPR, Adam? It, they don't say. If it's non-PPR, I might say goodbye to more. <laughs> I really might. I know. What? Yeah. Dave Dave's right. Dave. Dave's no right. Sanders, is, Sanders. Not those catches are, they don't weigh the same, obviously. What happens if he has a year where it's, you know, 90 catches for 1,050 yards and five touchdowns? Still good. You would take that in non-PPR, but I think Galladay can beat that, and I think Sanders can definitely beat that. Okay. Uh, from He averaged uh, 13.5 yards per catch last year and 14.3 as a rookie, so he's not your typical possession receiver. Probably not for over 13. <laughs> What's that? Probably not going to average 10.5 next year, you don't think? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Galladay, Galladay will beat him in that. I think it comes down to, like, Galladay's going to probably have a higher yards per catch because Galladay's really, yes. really good at that. But also, it's touchdowns. I think Matthew Stafford, it's, you know. Well, the question I have about Galladay's touchdowns, though, is look at his touchdown rate before last year. Like, yeah. last year is, I, I don't think we can, we don't know for sure yet that Kenny Galladay is just a high touchdown rate guy. He was a low touchdown rate guy, and he's on. He shares the field with Marvin Jones, who has like one of the highest touchdown rates in the last ten years. So this is this is what I would just say in general. You're talking about a guy who's played three years for wide receivers. I really don't care what they do in year one, right? Like I'm not going to talk about. Well, I mean, if it's good in year one, yes, I then I care big time. But if he if he doesn't have, I don't care about his touchdown rate in year one personally. So then you're talking about year two versus year three. He had 11 touchdown catches last year, Galladay. Like, I would not right. expect that, but I would probably expect eight. And Yeah. The thing about Galladay is that he's 
good both in deep ball situations and in red zone situations. And that's what helps contribute to a lot of touchdowns. And I think he started to really put it all together last year. Should I care about your one touchdown rate? No, not really. Probably I don't not. Think. Okay. I think yards in year one is helpful though. If a guy's not getting is getting on the field and not producing, like like JJ or Sega Whiteside last year, I, I think that's a pretty negative indicator. All right, this is an Apple Podcast question from Praise the Jord. Hey, David, Tim, George, and Sean. I'll Google. Spurs? That's David Robinson, Tim Duncan, George Gervin, and Sean Elliott. Wow. That's my guess. Could be. That's a hell of a pull. But shouldn't George be... George Carl. I mean, uh, George Popovich. George Popovich. That's Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm thinking, shouldn't George be on the the team with the other three? That doesn't sound right. Right. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that didn't sound right to me. Um, Was there a George on the team? Because they're all... All right, whatever. Dynasty League is drafting rookies. (laughs) Boy, I really want to edit that part out, but I'll leave it in. (laughs) (laughs) I have pick uh, 112. Who should I target in the first round? Oh, okay, I'm sorry. This is... um, Rookies and available free agents are are targeting here. Notable free agents are Raheem Mostert, Rob Gronkowski, Noah Fant, Hayden Hurst, and Preston Williams. Kind of a dynasty league has those guys available. Yeah, why is Fant available? But I I don't know that I would take any of those guys over who you can get at 112 in this class. Uh, Not Mostert or Gronk or Preston Williams or Hurst. Fant's the only one I would consider personally. But I, I would probably take Chenault over him, who I think you can get at 112. The really you interesting thing is him. if you have 112, you won the league last year. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a 14-team league. Probably won the league. I mean, if these guys are on the waiver wire, I don't think it's a 14-team league. But it could be. How can they be on the waiver wire in a 12-team league? Well, like Gronk, Hurst, and Preston Williams, I don't think are all that surprising. Most of um, I guess. Well, I, I mean, no one's stashing Preston Williams after the ACL. Hurst, I agree with you on, and Gronk, I agree with you on. Gronk was a free uh, agent in our dynasty league. Yeah, but if I like, if I was really weak at tight end and I had a contender going for a repeat, I might, I might just so take Gronk Hurst. or Hurst. So or I, I think what we should do is everybody should pick the player they want the most from that list. Of free agents, I'm saying. And then I'll start running off names of players from the rookie class that might be there at 12. And tell me if you're going to take that guy. Like, for the sake of the argument, I'll take Gronk. Okay, I need to win now. I want a tight end. I'm I'm drafting Gronk ahead of Fant and redraft. So I can tell you that I actually have been two leagues where this happens and where this happened. And I took Gronk at 302 in one of them. And he went at like 202 in in the other one. Right, because someone someone will take a chance on him yeah. right around that range, but I, I look at guys like Justin Jefferson, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, Chenault, Denzel Mims. I think they'll all be there, and I think I would take every last one of them ahead of Gronk if given the opportunity. Me too. So okay. those are that's what we're looking at. Those types of receivers: Jefferson, Pittman, Higgins, Chenault, Mims, Keyshawn Vaughn might make it there. Uh, Zach Moss, if you really need a running back, might make it there. But go with one of those guys. Or if you don't really have any needs and you want to get the best quarterback prospect that's come out in the last eight years, you just draft Burrow. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't think there was anybody named George that played on any of the Spurs teams with Tim Duncan and David Robinson. And if yeah, I, but George Gervin was like one of their all time. Yeah, no, players. I'm just saying, uh, but I, I also Googled, um, George Popovich and Greg Popovich came up so that like there's right. nobody even named Greg Pop, George Popovich. Adam's favorite Seinfeld character is Greg. Um, we had a really good dynasty tweet, <laughs> Adam. Could I read it? Yes, let's get going here. Go. It's from Keith Hummings. <laughs> I just completed the most anti-Ben Gretsch trade in my life. 16-team best ball dynasty league. Grade the trade. Gave up Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, LaVisca Chenault, Van Jefferson, Darwin Thompson, and Quez Watkins received Derek Henry and T.Y. Hill. You win. I know that you're giving up a lot of youth for those guys, but you win. Yeah, I Getting don't think it's a bad trade for Heath. And I, I obviously mm. love Chenault, and I really like Quez Watkins as a, like, a, a really deep sleeper. Um, I don't like Van Jefferson, but pretty much every other player you said I like. And that's why you said and you, that. And you hate the guys I got. <laughs> and I don't like the guys you got. And I always prioritize youth. And I still don't think you lost that trip. Uh, I do like Van Jefferson. I think that Robert Woods could be gone after this year. Right. They took him in the second round. I think he's going to have a, a solid career in the NFL, but that's it. Just a I think solid he fits career. well with he, the Rams. I'm not sure he'll have any thousand yard seasons. Quez Watkins, Ooh, by I, the way, is a. Who's a better uh, prospect, Van Jefferson or Deontay Johnson? Deontay Johnson. I would say Johnson, and I like both of them. Yeah. Well, so Van Jefferson stayed until his redshirt senior year, and his career high in in market share of yards on any team he played on, he played in two different colleges, was 21%, which is really, really low. You're you're hoping for a 30% breakout age, so basically didn't break out. Deontay Johnson at least was an early declare, and he had a big – I think it was his redshirt sophomore season. Does he count as an early declare if he redshirts? Yeah, he still declared early. But he was it there does. for four years. Right, but it still counts as an early declare. That's why it's called early declare I, I, instead of like four years. Let's go to was, the next one. Like, I just think if you're there five years, it should be a late declare. He was on time declare. <laughs> okay, from the Bob Barker. 2020 Dynasty rookie free agent draft. I have picks 1.3, 1.5, 1.14. Should I focus on running backs early or target Lamb or Judy at five? I have Kamara and James White at running back. I have Keenan Allen, AJ Green, and Michael Gallup at wide receiver. So I'd say he needs, you know, everything here. 1.3, 1.5, what what would you do? I was in this exact not exactly the same, but pretty much the same situation in our dynasty draft. And uh, like three days before the dynasty draft, I was dead set on getting two receivers. And then I looked at my running backs, which are probably in actually worse shape than the ones that you've got. And I, I ended up taking one receiver, and it ended up being Lamb. And then I, I took the best available running back when I was up again in round one, and that ended up being Cam Akers. And then I traded back into the round to um, pick up Joe Burrow. I, I think I feel pretty confident one of Lamb or Judy will be there at three. So they both could be there. I'm going to take Dobbins at three and Lamb or yeah. Judy at five. Yeah, yeah. you're guaranteed one of them to be there. That's yeah. that's excellent. All right, cool. Good stuff. Next question from Macy Taylor. Do you think Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray will have a better future in the long run, including injuries? Lamar hmm. Jackson. What is... What, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm what, not even why sure. Why are people analysis? still doubting Lamar Jackson? I'm not even sure Lamar is more likely to get hurt than Kyler. Uh, I look, um 
In his second season, Michael Vick had almost 3,000 passing yards and he had 777 rushing yards. Okay, not as good as what Lamar Jackson did. The touchdowns were nowhere near the same. Uh, 16 passing, 8 rushing touchdowns. But that was a so hell of a year. So he was not anywhere close to on the same level as good as Lamar Jackson. Well, in terms, of, yard, in terms of, in terms of yards, wait, hold on. And it, before wait. the whole new revolution of offense. In ter- I'm just saying, in terms of yards, he was fairly similar. Um, he didn't have a great career <laughs> after that, really. He didn't have a great... Fan, he, he spent did. time in a, in a federal penitentiary. Are we gonna like? Is that the Dude, comp that we're played, gonna make? He played like, till 2015, prime. and he and he had four more seasons in the NFL before that. So he was but he never really looking like after that time he had a year where he got hurt, then a year where he was number twelve, number six, number two, and then he was in jail, and then he was number one overall, and then number eleven. Like he had five, yeah, good seasons. He had I had two great seasons. Two after top that. two seasons. Yeah, and again, two things. One, it was a worse atmosphere for him to play in, for sure. That's I think unquestionable. Yeah. Uh, like this is like pre a lot of the concussion stuff and everything. And then number two, um, Lamar Jackson's just a different player. Like, yeah, it's the it's the best comp we have, but Lamar Jackson, like, it almost is unfair to Lamar Jackson to, to comp him to just the closest thing we have to him. He's a very unique player. He just won the MVP in his second season. He's way better than Kyler Murray, and I love Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I uh, when I bring this stuff up, I don't want people to think that I'm taking a stand. I'm just giving a comp and playing devil's advocate. Oh, it, I don't think anyone does. I, the way you talk to me, like, I, I don't know. I <laughs> felt like that. So Sorry. just bringing it up, I was really Heath, not you, but just both of you. Um, I just wanted to bring that up, like you know, Lamar Jackson. I the dumbest. I've said a lot of stupid things, but I think the dumbest thing I ever said was that I thought RG three was going to end up being better than Andrew Luck, and you know, I think it was fairly reasonable, but it ended up being absolutely moronic. So. Lamar Jackson yeah, needs to stay healthy. I don't healthy. think you should feel that bad about that one. Yeah, I don't either. RG three got hurt, and like, yeah. Kyler Murray could get hurt too. Kyler Murray's got he's a little guy that's going to run a lot as well. Do you remember how good RG three was as a rookie? Yeah, he was amazing. Well, but you could, you could tell that he was starting to break down toward the end of that year. Like okay. physically, he was taking hits and he was slow to get up, and he wasn't moving quite the same way. And it's not like like if you missed out on Andrew Luck and Dynasty, you missed out on like two good years. Okay, I'm sorry for sidetracking here. Uh, from Tyler, I currently have James Conner and Chris Carson in full PPR dynasty. I already have pick one, 1. 1.5 and 1.11. Um, I'm excited about the class and might consider trading the aforementioned running backs for more picks. Conner and Carson, he's saying he wants to trade for more picks. Mm-hmm. Is this a big brain move or am I sabotaging myself? My other running backs are Brita and Coleman. This is exactly the type of move you should make every year. And I know like Heath and I kind of disagree, but running backs are depreciating assets. These guys are both 25. They are never going to have more value than they have right now. That even if they come back and both have good years this year, they're going to be 26 year old running backs and they're going to be 27 year old running backs. No one trades a lot of value for an aging running back. It just doesn't happen in dynasty leagues. Yes. They can help you win now, but this is the type of move that I, that I make all the time in dynasty. I think it's a smart move. I don't believe like that there is a huge market for maybe James Connors traps will help this, 
but I don't believe there's a huge market for Connor or Carson in Dynasty. They're both viewed as pr- guys with pretty fragile futures. Yes. I'm not dealing those guys for like second round picks. And I don't think you're getting picks better than 1.11. If you could package Carson and 1.11 for a top six pick, then yeah, do it. If you could package Connor and 1.11 for a top four pick, then sure, do it. But I'm not trading those guys for second round picks. Maybe, and I don't know if Ben was saying that he would or not, but I don't think you can get a first rounder for them. No, I think that was a very reasonable and level headed response, actually. <laughs> <Eat>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got three more. We got three more of these Apple Podcast questions. First one's going to Dave. Second one's going to Heath. Third one's going to Ben. From Medic Nick, I'm taking over a team with Zeke, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, and Kyler Murray. In half PPR, awesome. which three should I keep? You have to throw back one, Dave. Zeke, Jacobs, Aaron Jones, and Kyler. I'll throw back Kyler. Okay, this is Heath from KJM1978. Half PPR, four point per passing touchdown league. Josh Jacobs in the third or Lamar Jackson in the eighth? I've got to take Lamar Jackson. (laughs) From Lewis, north of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's Newcastle, he explains. Hey, Johnny, Steve, Chris, and Bam. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's Jackass. (laughs) If we could say it. Oh, yeah. We already said Schitt's Creek. I think we could say Jackass. I was on the clock at 1.3 in the rookie draft, and... Clyde Edwards Elair was there. <laughs> we did. Did you lean into your mic to say that? <laughs> he whispered it softly <laughs> in our ears. Hey, real quick, Heath, what's your Instagram account if people wanted to follow what you do in your life? Heath's Meat. Heath's Meat. Thank oh, you. Okay. Yep. All right. So, Ben, uh, Lewis was on the clock at 1.3 in the rookie draft. Clyde Edwards Elair was there. All of a sudden, I got a notification for a trade, which was my 1.3. 2021 second rounder and Kenyon Drake. And I would get his 2020, his 2021 second rounder and Christian McCaffrey. And I took it. Did I make a good move? Yeah. Yeah, you did. The swapping of 2021 seconds, whatever value you think is there isn't. And I would trade McCaffrey for the 103 and Drake for sure. All right. I, would, I would acquire McCaffrey in that scenario. Now it's time for emails at fantasyfootballcbsi.com. Dynasty emails. David Flint wants to know, is there a smart way to start a startup dynasty team? Oh, sorry. Is there a smart way to draft a startup dynasty team when you have rookies involved? Hearing a lot about rookies being drafted separately from veterans. However, the dynasty startup I'm in is doing a draft with everyone in the pool and being on the last, play, being on the last place team for picking. Uh, I have the eighth pick out of eight. I'm wondering when it would be smart to draft Clyde Edwards Elair or another rookie. Okay. Well, first the of all, that is way. that is how it, like the startup drafts include everyone. Then the subsequent yeah. drafts year after year are just the rookies. I can just say broadly, I don't know about when you would draft Clyde Edwards Elair, but broadly, rookies in startup drafts are profitable moves. They typically go uh, later than people expect. They hold their value even if they have poor rookie seasons. They can be more productive in year one than people give them credit for. And even if they're bad, you can, like like I said, they hold their value unless they're horrible. Unless they're Nikhil Harry, then they lose value or, or JJ or Sega Whiteside. But even guys that are poor, like David Montgomery, is still you can still trade him this offseason for plenty of value. Is Ronald Jones an example of that? Yeah, he would be an example of the guy that lost a ton of value. Okay. I'm going to like read. Broadly, like his rookie year, value. he was a zero. Yeah, yeah, but there are also ones that some. shoot up, right? Like A.J. Brown, 
last last year you could have probably drafted in the ninth Amazing round. Amazing, you bring up <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna Not read. I'm just Harry. gonna read something though. They're just gonna read just for the benefit of our listeners. Startup draft that we did in, uh, in a few weeks ago. Uh, Startup dynasty league. Heath, was this a super flex league? I believe it was, right? Yep. Okay. Here was. I'm just gonna read the first two rounds. McCaffrey, Barkley, Kamara, Zeke, Mixon, Michael Thomas, Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Helaer, ninth overall to me for some reason. Uh, Devon, uh, that makes sense. Devontae <laughs> Adams, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, Hopkins, Juju, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Mike Evans, Kenyon Drake, D.J. Moore, and Kyler Murray. Hope that helps. From Nick, grade the trade in a 12-team PPR Dynasty League. Gave up Justin Jefferson and Emmanuel Sanders. Received Michael Gallup and Naeem Hines. Yeah, I think I like that for you. A? Yeah, I like it. I like Gallup more than Jefferson considerably. Yeah, it's a good one. And how long is Emmanuel Sanders going to have? I, I don't think... Like, he didn't last year. I don't know what the odds are that Emmanuel Sanders ever is ever in your lineup. And Hines, by all indications, should have some PPR value. But... yep. It is interesting to like Gallup. I don't disagree, but to like Gallup significantly more than Jefferson. Jefferson was a yeah, first round pick. I, I kind of raised my eyebrow with that. Heath, you want to give a like twenty second explanation? <laughs> um, I don't really think. Like, I just don't really think that Lamb has had that big of an impact on Gallup in my perception, and he was awesome last year. I think he's a borderline number two wide receiver this year. And there's a chance that Amari Cooper's gone after this year, contract wise. And it's just Gallup and Lamb. Okay. This and is from can make some really fun team names with Lamb and Gallup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is from no name, but it's a Peaky Blinders reference. Dear Tommy, Arthur, John, and Alfie. 12 team half PPR dynasty league. Last week I was offered David Montgomery, Juju Smith Schuster, and Jared Cook. For Kittle and Fournette. So he would have given up Kittle and Fournette to get Montgomery, Juju, and Cook. I turned it down, but I'm unsure if I did the right thing. What do you guys think? You didn't. (laughs) You would have taken that. Yeah, I think Juju and Kittle are just about a push for me. And I would rather have David Montgomery than Leonard Fournette right now. Yeah, and I actually would take Juju over Kittle, but I, I agree. Kittle should be really close to Juju, but yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I don't think Jared Cook has much value, but Fournette, I, I'd rather have Montgomery than Fournette too. They could both be crapola by 2021. I like Kittle better than Juju. This email's from Eli. I know you guys are doing a dynasty mailbag, so here it goes. My friends and I are starting an eight-team dynasty league. In the past, we've done 12 and 10-team leagues, but people kept dropping out, and we felt like we had a solid eight to start one now. I'm just wondering what format and scoring you would recommend for dynasty startups. It's going to be PPR and we'll do fab. I want to do like 25 to 30 rounds. I keep saying it should be a two QB league, uh, especially if it's eight teams. Mm-hmm. How 100%. many rounds and what 100%. format? Yeah. Okay, so how many rounds and what format do you recommend Then anything else we should add? I would also say you should do at least three running backs, at least probably five receivers. This goes right to, the, the stuff we talked about like earlier this offseason about the future of fantasy and people should use deeper lineups anyways but if you're going to do an eight-man dynasty league i think you should require everyone to start a lot more players at every position probably two tight ends too 
you can get away with two quarterbacks and two tight ends. I might go two running backs with that and three receivers and maybe one flex or maybe scrap the second tight. Oh, here's what you do. Do a super flex. Then, then you don't have to do two quarterbacks. You can do a quarterback, but, yeah, two running a, backs, three receivers, league. two tight ends, and a super flex. Yeah. I I'm just saying it, add like three to five starting spots over what you just said, Dave. Like a lot. You could, yeah. Also, go IDP. Sure. You could oh. do IDP as well. But there should be, if, if not three running backs, then have like three flexes. Yeah. And two quarterbacks. Have. Quarter there's nothing that makes less sense to me than drafting a whole bunch of players and putting most of them on your bench. Like start, you drafted them, so start them. And Jason, I would also say thirty rounds. I play in a, a lot of thirty round twelve team leagues. It's not as deep as it sounds, and especially in an eight team league, if you don't go thirty rounds, you're gonna have really good players just available. Well, and I, th- I think like in a dynasty league, it, you're trying to make it like the NFL. There's not a lot of players sitting on the waiver wire in the NFL, and there yeah. are a lot of players sitting on benches in the NFL. So that's okay. And there will be plenty of players on your bench, even if you add a number of starters to your lineup. I didn't mean to say, like, start everyone. But just, you know, I play in one dynasty that's two running backs and three wide receivers. What's the point? I have so many guys on my bench. It's so annoying. Okay. (laughs) Jason from Spurberry. Hey, Farva, Thorny, and Captain John. If Ben is on the pod, he's definitely the German guy that got caught speeding. I don't know. I can't pull over any further, that guy. (laughs) I can't. Uh, I don't remember. I walked out of that movie, by the way. But then I learned to love it, so don't hate me for it. Okay. 12-team dynasty, half PPR. Must start four wide receivers, a flex, and a tight end, uh, and a super flex. I'm giving up Julio Jones, Cam Akers, Zach Moss, and a 2021 third-round pick. So he's giving up Julio, Akers, Moss, and a 2021 third-round pick. That's a pretty big sizable amount to give up. It's a large package. (laughs) Receiving (laughs) option one. Edwards Elair, Damian Williams, Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller, and a 2021 second round pick. Or receiving option two. Christian McCaffrey and Reggie Bonifon or Bonifone. Would you take either of these? Yes. I'd take McCaffrey. Yeah, I think I would. I don't think I would. I know it sounds crazy. Man, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm in for the first option. Edwards, Hilaire, Lockett, Fuller, and the earlier pick in the 2021 draft. Yeah, I like that too. I, I do feel like you're giving up a lot in the short term for McCaffrey. It, just, it feels like a lot. Julio plus Cam Akers plus Zach Moss. Julio is a guy, though, that getting back to where I was saying with the 25-year-old running backs, he's another guy that I think in Dynasty, you try to to trade him a year early because when they fall off, their value goes so far down. And you you could turn him into some really good young running backs that can help you in 2022 and 2023. Julio might not be able to. Do you see any evidence of Julio slowing down? Not yet. I think you could probably squeeze maybe three more years out of him. Maybe. Okay, so ready for rapid fire to finish the show? Yep. Here we go. Matt Griffith says, I'm in a dynasty league. I need a starting running back. I want to offer either Ruggs or Higgins for a running back. Which wide receiver should I trade and who should I target at running back? 
I would prefer to trade Higgins. But I don't think you can get a running back that yeah. will help you for Higgins. Right. Um, I don't rugs. I'm looking at your trade chart, Heath, and you've got rugs I, I, slightly I ahead of Ronald Jones. And Geis. Yeah, I think I'd rather have rugs. You've got Fournette way what about down Kareem there. Hunt? I, that's a good one to try. Yeah, I'd rather have Hunt. I'd rather have Hunt than Rugs for sure. Really, that's interesting. That's kind of wishing, hoping for the best for him. I mean, Rugs or Hunt for Hunt. Well, the idea is with Hunt, he eventually escapes Cleveland, has a couple of years as a starter. It's a. It's kind. Of, I think it's more likely that Kareem Hunt helps you this year than Rugs for sure. Uh, um, yeah, but yeah, but I think Rugs probably long term. Rugs is still going to be a Raider. That doesn't yeah, mean but the Raiders be... can always find a new quarterback after uh, this year if they. So they all right, this wasn't in the middle of this, this wasn't year. rapid fire. Let's try again. That's rapid. Uh, from, now we're starting rapid. From no name, I put Christian McCaffrey on the trade block to see what kind of offers I could get. I've received some interesting ones. One offer is Kenyon Drake, Julio Jones, and a 2021 first for McCaffrey and Will Fuller. Would you do that? No. No. Okay. Grade the dynasty trade from Tony in a city somewhere or another. This is like all picks. Give 2020 1.7. He has picked 7 and 11 this year in the rookie draft. Give the 7th overall pick. Get pick 2.11, a 2021 first, and a 2022 second. I'm taking that deal. F. Oh, F minus. Really? F minus? You're moving back four spots? You get an extra first in 2021? moving moving back back around in four spots. Around in four spots. Oh, I read it wrong. I'm a moron. I yeah, still would do this, Heath. Why would you still? Why would you give that an F? That's too I, far to move back. I like seven a lot. Yeah, I'm but going you're to getting a player first. that I like. There's two point eleven is just one hundred percent a dart throw, and we don't know what this first round pick's going to be next year. You might be able to get Chenault at two eleven. Oh, I've seen him go that way. You're but, guaranteed. I mean, AJ Dillon, of... Zach Moss. I don't think it's such a dart throw. I think you can get a reasonable pick, and then you get a first next year. Yeah, but the first could be late. I get what Heath's saying with it. Yeah. You're guaranteed one of these guys at 107. You, you're Lamb, Judy, Judy. You're probably going to get Judy or One of the top five running backs. Yeah. I think I think next year is going to be even better. So I, I think I, so, too, but you just don't know where that one's going to be. It's too, it, That's not enough to move back around and change. The quarterbacks next year are going to be cares? even more. I think in a dynasty league that, um, that uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a top seven pick. He's going to go well ahead of Burrow, I would guess. I disagree. I think he'll, yeah, I he'll go as soon as somebody needs a quarterback next year. It'll be the same thing with that happening to Burrow. Most leagues will probably be a late first and rookie only. All right, now we're starting rapid now, fire. Now we're done. <laughs> <laughs> rapid fire, say goodbye to everybody. Um, I appreciate all the emails, everybody. This was fun. Um, always, when I see emails in the inbox, it's just, I love connecting with the listeners. Hey, I appreciate it so there much. There will be a, an article on the site with more dynasty questions being answered Perfect. tomorrow. Perfect. So there you go. A mailbag? Who's Today. writing that? What's that? Who's writing that? I am. Oh, that's right. And I recommend reading Ben's Advanced Stats 101 article. Uh, you know, if, it, if anything <laughs> We're I said. Heath right now. No, no. Chris didn't write anything this week, so he's got to find somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out of here, everybody. Have a great weekend. We've got another another show coming on Monday and I think Tuesday and Thursday. Um, 
So it's bold prediction week next week. So we're looking forward to that. We'll talk to you then. See ya.